The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth. But what if salt loses its taste? With what can it be seasoned? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. A few weeks ago, as a nation, we observed Martin Luther King Day. That very day, late in the afternoon, I presided at Mass at one of the small side chapels at the cathedral. And I told the little congregation that had come together for daily Mass on that day that I wish I could pray like a Catholic, sing like a Methodist, <laughs> and preach like a Baptist. Dr. King was a Baptist, and he inspired that thought in me. It's prompted by my feeling that Dr. King was one of the best public speakers this country has ever produced. His words had truth. His speech had elegant rhythm and cadence. And with those gifts, he could touch the human heart and move the soul. And his preaching did that. His preaching moved people from conviction in the mind to action on the streets. Jesus today speaks to us, his disciples. He says, we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And those words of his are designed to do that very same thing, to move us from conviction of faith that we have in our mind and heart to action. It's because of words like this that Jesus came to be regarded as a dangerous figure, just in fact as many regarded Dr. King to be a dangerous figure. It's very plain that the preaching of Dr. King was a driving force for change. You remember the civil rights movement. Well, the same thing is true of Jesus, a driving force for change. Now, I have to say this. I don't think of Jesus primarily as some kind of a revolutionary or a political leader out to change the, the order of laws and things. He wasn't that. His purpose for coming among us was to save us, to save humanity from sin, to restore us to God. 
He came to bring us that blessed, blessed gift of forgiveness. And that's the gift that brings peace to the soul. I can't tell you how many times as a priest in the confessional, working with people and listening to them and giving them the gift of absolution for their sins, that I have literally seen the burden of guilt lifted and someone suddenly flooded with a sense of relief and of peace. I think of all the times when Jesus has been that very prince of peace for me. All the times I've been in a confessional begging God for forgiveness. Jesus came to bring forgiveness. Jesus came bringing the infinite mercy of God. God who loves sinners. God who loves us just because we're God's creation. He made us. And he truly loves what he has made. Jesus came with the gift of eternal life for those who come to him. And that's the source of hope for all of us. None of those kinds of things, forgiveness, peace, the mercy of God, God who loves, eternal life, the hope that he gives us, none of that is politics. We tend to think of those things as spiritual things. That's what Jesus came to do. But the church has always known that once a believer truly accepts Christ in the mind and in the heart, from then on, deep in the soul, there's a restlessness. It's impossible to really believe in Jesus and in his words and not begin to act on those words. The action of a believer is the response that comes to the genuine conviction of faith. When that conviction of faith morphs into action, that's when a believer becomes salt and light to the world around him. It's an interesting image, this image of salt. I know where Jesus got the idea for what he said about salt. This is one of those odd things you pick up when you travel some. In some parts of the world, and the land of Jesus, Palestine in the first century was one of those places, ovens, the thing you cook with, ovens, they weren't inside the house. Houses were built around a courtyard, and the oven was in the courtyard next to the house building. They were mud brick ovens. I am told that there are still places in the world where these ovens are used. In Palestine, the fuel for these ovens, it was hard to find anything that would burn. Um, so what did they use? The fuel for these ovens were mud bricks made of, are you ready for this? Camel dung <laughs> mixed with salt. And 
it was the job of little girls to go out and collect it, mix the salt in, shape them into the mud bricks and set them in the sun to dry. Salt was then spread onto the floor of the oven and these mud blocks were put on top of the salt. The salt and the mud blocks produced, there was an enzyme and it produced a chemical reaction and the chemical reaction made the heat for the oven, so the oven warmed up. Over time, that salt lost its effectiveness. And so it was pulled out of the oven, tossed away on the ground, and a new layer of salt was put in. The old salt was just fit to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. It was useless. It was good for nothing. Jesus hearers would have caught that image right away because it was right out of their own domestic lives. Everybody knew what he was talking about. They would have immediately understood what Jesus was trying to say then about believers. A believer who has no action based on his belief is like salt that is useless, good only to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Jesus was saying that if there is no action that has come out of the conviction of faith, then faith most likely is not real. Now, where do you go with that? Two things. First, we're the church. The family of people who have Jesus in our hearts and at our very center, we Catholics especially, celebrate the presence of Jesus among us in the Holy Eucharist. We truly believe in the real presence, that he's actually here with us. As a church, as that big organized institution, we have become the world's largest provider of charity and social outreach. The church is there with relief aid when disaster strikes. The church is there when poverty makes people hungry. The church is there, even in the political world, advocating on behalf of the poor. You know that. You already know all the good things the church does. I only need to remind, it, remind you of that as a way of saying that the church, this big institution that we're all a part of, the church in the world is salt and light. It's not that just for the sake of being a do-gooder. It is that because of our faith, because of what we believe in our hearts. That's the first thing. Here's the second. All of us, we're individuals. We belong to the big church, yes, but we are individual believers. The salt and light teaching of Jesus is something that may, in fact, begin to sting when we think of how it works with individuals. It's reminding us that real belief in the heart results in action. 
No coin only has one side to it. If you believe, then there must be that other side of the coin. There must be action. And there's the sting of it. None of us would want to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. None of us would, have, would want to be thought of as useless. The gospel then becomes a little moment for an examination of conscience, doesn't it? And the question is, well, what am I doing? How am I living? How can I say that the actions of my life are an outflow of the belief in my mind and heart? You are the salt. You are the light. The world right now desperately needs the witness to the new life that Jesus taught us about. You know how things are in the world around us, even in our own country. The world right now needs the witness to forgiveness, the witness to God's mercy, the witness to God who loves everybody, the witness to eternal life and the hope that that brings. In a world where so many are so quick to create divisions or to jump into one side of a divide or another. Can you agree that the whole world needs what Jesus has taught us to do? His words lead to that action. Listen to the gospel today. Is your light really on a lampstand? burning bright for everybody around you to see.